This is UKFI Pod. Welcome, y'all. As the first UK specific FI podcast, UKFI Pod aims to bring you stories and introduce you to characters in the UKFI space. Hi, welcome everybody. I'm lucky to be joined by Skype today by Mr. Young FI Guy and Mrs. Young F Guy. Hi, guys. Hello. Hello. Hi, and how are you this evening? Oh, great, thank you. How are you? Good, good, thank you. Yeah. So I could do an intro of you, or I think it might be better if you're willing to give us a quick introduction to yourself. How does that sound? Are you up I'm for the challenge? Yeah, I'll, I'll try to stick in it within one minute. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I'm a young young boy guy, uh, aka Yhaji, and um, I started blogging uh, about six or seven months ago, I guess. And uh, basically, I'm I'm a guy. I'm still in my twenties, um, and I kind of reached financial independence about a year or two ago, and. And I, and I kind of quit my job and I'm now kind of living a, a semi-retired lifestyle. A luxury <laughs> lifestyle, let's just say that. Uh, you, can, um, you can tell me why Mrs. Wachi <laughs> isn't jealous of that at all. No, I am, I'm obviously Mrs. Wachi, the wife. Um, I'm still working and I often comment on his blog. Um, I do kind of the softer side. Um, so, yeah, it's, uh, I think it's, it's a bit different to most blogs given that it is done by someone in their 20s who's been there done that um so yeah that's us well thanks guys that's a great introduction what i'd like to go into next is just so everybody can get an idea of who you are you've shared obviously a bit about the fact you're married you're quite young is there anything else you're able to share with us what location of the uk are you in in london or kind of like that Belt of London. Both. <laughs> <laughs> we live <we> together, <laughs> darling. Yeah, unfortunately, yeah, we, just, we, um, we live in the huge vault as well. We couldn't afford a house in London, so we kind of fell. Um, I, I'm a chartered accountant, and uh, this is why she's a solicitor. Yeah. So, yeah, we, we're in terms of demographics, we're, uh, we don't have any kids, we have pets. Um, we I like pets. Yeah. What sort of pets? Have the pigs who are my world, and Mr. Worthy is fourth on the list. Um, so yeah, no, the, the guinea pigs are very much. And I've not sport. seen any photos of the guinea pigs on the blog yet. <laughs> well, the pigs themselves, uh, they they um they're quite famous. They're like social media stars yeah um so like so like they get like way more likes and follows than anything i could ever do i mean i can be yeah so yeah no they they the one place they don't feature is on the blog they feature everywhere else in mr wfg's life so um spared it on the blog that's interesting so are they long-haired short-haired Oh, short, well, all short haired, all idiots. Um, yeah, no, they're, they're, they're very interesting. They just do really stupid things, and it's very easy to catch them doing on camera. 
if you upload it, then um, people follow. So yeah, no, we have um, tens of tens of thousands of followers. So um, that is really cool. I love it how you learn all these really interesting things. <laughs> <laughs> so you've mentioned you're an accountant and you're a lawyer. Is that right? Yeah. Are you willing to go into any sort of details and income details, historical, specifics, generals? Fine. I'm guessing from those professional lines of work, you're towards the top end. Yeah, I mean, me, you can often find out these things on on Roll On Friday, which is a a kind of legal blog, and that that tells you if you're interested what salaries you can command for a certain level of experience. So, um, someone like me. In the firm that I'm in, um, I get paid just over a hundred thousand a year, um, which is obviously <laughs> sounds like a huge amount of money, gross. Um, and I'm under no illusion that that is way above the average. Um, and so, yeah, I'm I'm very lucky to have that. Um, but in the firm and in the circles that I work, it's very much average. Um, yeah, whereas Miss Lucky has always earned. A lot less now earns <laughs> very much yeah. always a breadwinner uh-huh. like, like a tiny space or a month I earned more than her and then she got like a, her bonus and then just like crushing that <laughs> how does that make you feel are you proud yeah well I'm, I don't care like, there's, there's all this weird kind of news which go like um, how how do you feel about your like partner earning more than you? Or, like, is it bad that men earn less than women? And I'm just like, this is just so dumb. <laughs> Ignoring the uh, hundreds of years of inequality that women have suffered. Yeah. Um, yes, no, we wouldn't get certain questions if um, I was a man and out earning the misogyny. Can I ask you another question, very really similar <laughs> as well? Because I know Mister. Young FI guys now retired and obviously at home all day. How do people react to that, especially with you working? I think, yeah, as we said on the blog, actually, we got one of two reactions. Either people were quite happy for us, then they were like, oh, that's brilliant. That I've always wanted to do that. And, you know, it's really nice for you. And in marriage, you've got one person that's at home. Um, and then I think other people have maybe reacted with either concern or jealousy um, in terms of how could he possibly stay at home or we can only do that because he married you uh, <laughs> because of my earnings that he can only be FI because he married me which is completely incorrect um, he would have been FI without me but um, yeah and more concern and confusion because they say well but the, but the wife is going to work and the husband says, this is very confusing for my brain. Uh, so, yeah, no, it's kind of never has yeah, I, I think the younger, the younger people I used to work with um, were like, understood it and were fine with it. I think some of the older, the older dinosaur-like people were like, what do you mean your wife is still working and you're not? You know, what are you going to do like when you have children and I'm like I've oh, not even mentioned I don't want children like they completely blow their minds and... yeah I work with someone who's must be 
mid-50s and her husband just stays at home. She's like, we've got no children, he just keeps house. But then when you see things like, he comes in with the best sang- he's the best sandwich maker ever. They keep two allotments. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, I think it's, it's different different strokes for different folks, isn't it, really? And um, you set up your home and your life, how it works best for you. That's um yeah, definitely agree with that. I think everyone wants something different, and the ultimate aim is we all get what works for us, isn't it? I suppose that's the aim of financial independence, really, isn't it? You may find out what you want in life and gear up your life accordingly to get to that. Yeah, so that's a really good definition. How would you just describe financial independence generally to a layman? Would you? Um. I kind of like to think of it as having the freedom to, to work towards your life goals without needing to have a job or regular income. Um, that's probably a little bit different from how most of the community talks about it. They, they often talk about like having passive income or retiring or not working, but I think a lot of the time that kind of misses out that people have different aims in life and um, that kind of frugal element as well means that I would exclude lots of people whose aim in life is to travel a lot and experience lots of new things but you know, if that's what people want to do if that's that's if I can help you with that um, I just like the idea that you know you let your life do the talking rather than your mind do the talking. Yeah. So how would you describe your FI journey? Um, I, mine was a little bit odd in a way in that um, I came on to FI really, really young. Um, I got into it because my dad passed away when I was a teenager. Um, oh. and he, was, uh, the, he, he was like the sole worker and he worked like six days a week, very long hours. I rarely saw him as a, as a child, but luckily, you know, he saved a lot and he invested wisely. Um, and he was able to kind of semi-retire in his mid-40s. Um, and so then I got to spend some quality time with him before he passed away. And, um, you know, I just thought, you know, that event in my life kind of made me think, Oh, I don't want to work for my whole life and then suddenly die and have not spent time with my friends and my family and doing the things I, was, I wanted to do. Um, and so when he passed away, because he'd saved a lot of money, I, I got inheritance. Like, it wasn't, like, we're not talking a million pounds, but, like, you know, a hundred thousand pounds. Mm-hmm. I was saving and, and investing it. I'd already been saving like any penny I'd earned to work in birthdays from my life. And um, yeah, I, I basically have ridden this, this bull market that's gone on for over uh, 10 years now. And adding in like saving 70, 80% of my salary every, every month. You know, I, I brought up after kind of be technically FI on paper. Yeah, because that's where you are. You are technically FI. Um, not that you 
never want to work again. It's more that you technically don't have to. Um, for me, I definitely still have to work before I hit my magic number. Next, YFG, and completely had the opposite kind of world views on buying things and lifestyle inflation. And I very much wanted all the the fabulous things and considered that my possessions um, were the most valuable thing in my life. And that was a sign of how successful I was. Um, needless to say, throughout our marriage, <laughs> I changed. <laughs> but, um, and so a couple of years ago, I really started uh, investing and saving a lot. I've got up to about, what is it, 80% savings rate at the moment. Um, oh. which, I mean, it, the thing is, on my, on my income, it is easier to do that um, yeah. because I just I just don't spend other people do I just don't spend it quite um, but yeah so I've had to do that and kind of correct mistakes from my past of what I've spent and stuff um, yeah my goal for buy is when I know I've hit that number that means I can take a job for charity working with animals working for rescues um, volunteering my time, you know, in a job that I genuinely want to do without any regard for the salary. Um, I will always work, but the question is, it's great, isn't it? The freedom to take any job you want and to work for the mission rather than for the finances. Yeah, it would be brilliant. And, you know, my job at the moment allows me to have that as a goal and hopefully. I think it's about four or five years from now I should be in that position. Yeah. And the other one, if I can ask, it's interesting how you're both at different stages in the journey. I'm assuming you keep finances separate then. Yeah, we always have. Um, mm-hmm. We're both kind of quite independent people. Obviously, we're we're married. So we do we have things together. And we, and we are a team, but we also have always wanted to to be our own people and not have to rely on each other. I'm sure lots of people disagree with that, but yeah. um, I think for us it was always important to go, hey, look, you know, I'll, I can support myself and I, I want to, I want to, you know, I can do this journey or whatever I need to do mm-hmm. with money rather than having to you know, rely on someone else. I mean, we do, we do, and have always have done on each other because at various times we both had to do studying and, and stuff um, but yeah, we've always treated our finances separately Yeah, our finances are accounted for separately but we, we there is no kind of mine and yours everything is effectively each other's it's all cool but it, it's, it's just kept separate and accounted for separately that's why so important to track our journeys because I've been into his life after we spent 10 years invincible. <laughs> <laughs> not going to take advantage of that, you know what? Yeah, and besides, I'm not going to take advantage of Mrs. Wifey out earning me. Sounds like you found something that really works for both of you there. So. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so just moving to a question that's quite conceptual. Do you think and believe that FI and financial independence is suitable for everyone? 
Um, I I don't think it is. Um, the reason I say that is that I think lots of people probably don't actually want to be financially independent. They might have other goals in their life that are more important. That means that you know it's it's not fair. Um, if they want to have the finest things in life and, and have a big house and a flash car, then it's really unlikely that FI is going to be the right thing for them because it involves saving, it involves an element of frugality. Um, so I think everyone's capable of it, but whether it's right for them, I think is, is a difficult question. And I, I think it's probably not right for everyone. Yeah, and so we'll never reach it and, you know, completely acknowledge that we are some of the lucky few that actually do get to make that choice and get to be able to look at our finances in a broad way. Um, you know, we are not people who have had to live hand to mouth and literally have nothing to our names. We've been very, very lucky um, to have, you know, got what we've got in life, really. Um, and so we acknowledge that FI is a, a pipe dream for many people who just want to keep lights on. Yeah, I definitely have similar views. I think everybody could achieve it, but lots of people, as you said, Mr. Edgar, probably don't want to. They have other goals for their life. And as you say, it is a privilege for those that are earning towards the top of the spectrum and that have those that leverage in their life to make those choices. So uh, what advice would you give people who are interested in FI? Would you give the same advice to newbies or advanced people? Uh I think the, the best advice and the thing I say to everyone is to start saving and investing as soon as possible. And, and to even people who might be really struggling to make ends meet, you can start off as pound a week, 10 pounds a month, 25 pounds a month. It doesn't have, you don't have to be saving huge sums to begin with is getting into the habit of saving saving it and then the learning how to invest or work in our way invest your money for the long term it's the, start, it's the starting that's the hard point for a lot of people they are either scared or they or they don't think they can do it um, and I don't think I've ever met anybody who hand on heart couldn't put £10 away a month by Going without something, like either going without a takeaway for, for once a month, or not having an extra pint in the, when they go down to the pub once a month. Um, usually, there's there's a way you can save anything, and it doesn't have to be millions of pounds. You start small um, and skin into that habit, and realizing it's actually not very scary. To be saving and putting money away and investing. Um, we get scared because it's different and it's new and we don't necessarily know exactly what we want to do. I think the next thing also is tracking your expenses. I think that's been really powerful for us and that's regardless of what level people are at. Um, I was under the impression 
uh, that if I saved loads and loads, I I would be bettering my chances of hitting five. And then I didn't realise that, of course, if my expenses are going up, I'm not actually getting anywhere any quicker. Um, so the power of tracking and monitoring and keeping your expenses low, that, you know, compound, it absolutely compounds the power of saving if you're saving and reducing your expenses you're doubling the effort yeah i definitely agree with that advice any other thoughts you've got on the more advanced level or for people who are maybe halfway on the journey or so i know people who are getting closer or or definitely already on the fi journey and this is a sad weird coming from an accountant, but you can you can really overthink and 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 just deep dive into so much maths and forecasting and stuff. Um, I genuinely feel that sometimes it's better to, to just take a broader view of these things and, and not get so worked up about the numbers about what exact safety draw rate you should have, what kind of um, investment returns you should be aiming for, all that kind of stuff. You can end up spending your life trying to work out the answer and there isn't a right answer, nobody knows. And you just have to kind of get to a point where it's good enough and, and just feel comfortable with it. So lots of people on the journey get really worried and uncomfortable and can't actually really enjoy that potentially being FI because they're just so unsure that it's right, you know, the numbers all add up. Yeah. And even knowing what you're going to do, the big thing for me that stops me leaving my job or, you know, even in four or five years' time, I just have no idea what else I want to do. I think when you're someone approaching FI, some people have a wonderful you know, golden fields view of what they want to do with their life. They have aims, they have goals, they have buckets. Um, I don't have that. Um, and I don't know when I will have that. And it's taken me two years to even get to the point of realizing I haven't got a plan. So some, for those approaching FI, you know, seriously think about what do you actually want to do? Because often that is the hardest decision to make because I have no alternative. I don't really know what else I could do with my skills. So working that out can often help focus the mind. That's really nice. I mean, what would you like to do? What, what's fire life number one? Well, I'm going to travel first yeah. and like, do slow travel, but I'm seriously toying with trying to do all the countries in the world. Oh, wow. You put okay. more than five lives, I think. <laughs> <laughs> There's only 193. I've already done 40 odd of them. That's amazing, yeah. Oh, no, you're well on your way. Yeah, so that would be fun. I also fancy coming back to London, working in a startup somewhere young, trendy, and doing something really fun. Or yeah. perhaps starting my own startup, or just volunteering a lot for women's rights organisations. Mm-hmm. Or being like a long distance hiker. I fancy doing like the Pacific Crest Trail, or the one I can't pronounce. Uh, Apocalyptic Trail. Oh, wow. So, like, there's so many different lights. And I also want to go Monroe bagging and bag all the Monroes one summer. 
all the what? All the Munros? Munros. Yeah, in Scotland, all the mountains over a certain height are called Munros. After oh. a famous hiker climber. Yeah. So they call it Munro bagging when you climb them all. When you dump it. Oh, brilliant. Oh, yeah, no, um, we have no such lofty ideals. <laughs> I was speaking about mountains and the outdoors. One of the things I have found, this was only recently, to be honest, is that frugality and not spending money is quite linked to environmentalism and sustainability. Yeah, no, I I definitely agree, and I think it's something I'm more conscious of than Mr. Wadji. I don't he particularly... It's not one of his kind of life goals. Um, but for me, things like reducing waste, reducing your carbon footprint, um, consciously realising how you consume what you buy and where that is going to end up. Um, even things like clothes, you know, when you buy an item of clothing, I mean, now I buy an item of clothing, it's either secondhand or it's made consciously, for example, from ethical um, trading practices. And also it's made from compostable material or recycled material. Um, a lot of clothing people don't realise, tonnes and tonnes end up in landfill. Um Clothing doesn't necessarily compost if it's made of plastic, and a lot of new clothing is. Um, you know, a lot of shoes, a lot of bags, a lot of accessories are all made from plastic, which just sits in landfill. Um, even things when it comes to, you know, do you buy in glass bottles rather than plastic bottles? Um, I think when you, you drill down into what you actually need for your life and, and consume less you become very aware of that. Um, I, I think it comes naturally and some people just jump on the bandwagon and, and ride with it. But for me, you know, even things like being vegetarian, I haven't eaten meat in years. Um, I'd love to go vegan, um, but I think that wouldn't fit, you know, it's, it's difficult to, to get chocolate. <laughs> chocolate. And I love my cappuccinos. So... You know, I, I'd love to be vegan and zero waste and have a compost bin and an allotment and grow my food. I mean, that would be wonderful. I just know it's so far away from my life so far. So, um, yeah, no, I think it's, I think it's utterly intertwined with environmentalism, you know, fi and frugality. Um, just recognising your impact on the world, really, I think. Yeah, because that's very important. That we all are impacting the world as well as the world impacting us. And we and I, can make such a difference. Yeah, I think, you know, even things like having children. But for me and Mr. Wadi, one of the reasons we, we don't want children is the human impact. There are enough children already in the world. Um, there are enough mouths to feed on the planet. Um and we don't necessarily need to add another person, um, you know, to, to kind of add to climate change, pollution and, and kind of the world as it stands. So, yeah, it can feed into every area of your life, really. Yeah, when someone crunched the numbers, that was what they came up with as the first way to reduce your environmental impact. It's like the number one contribute you could do to... So CO2 emissions is having a child, right? Mm -hmm. an extra bunch of emissions is going to be you know, created and released into the environment. Are you a 
are you kind of um do you have any environmentalism kind of not a policy but kind of an agenda or i don't really have an agenda i try and do my bit but i'm not the best i generally just don't tend to buy much that's disposable and i do try and buy things without packaging like for years i would never put my bananas in the bags that people seem to do and all this sort of stuff why do you need apples and plastic i really don't understand it but anyway yeah Um, yeah it just seems a bit extraneous and they've probably gone food waste one way plastic the other way but hopefully they're get the balance back a bit more towards the environment soon. I know people are really lobbying supermarkets, aren't they? Yeah, and hopefully it will bring about change. I mean, the the plastic bag ban was a huge thing when it first came out, and now it's kind of second nature. So hopefully that will happen with, you know, gradually over time. So moving on to hobbies, mm-hmm. how do you both like to spend your free time? What interests do you have? And so, so I love reading um well that's probably my my first big big hobby um i i i'm just staring at my bookcase right now as this books <laughs> everywhere is crazy poor miss mrs wife has to tidy up every now and then yeah and put them in color order color um, order that's a new order in our house and so they all have to be in color order it's like a, it's like pretty rainbow um but yeah, no, he likes to read and write. I'm very much a crafts person, so I enjoy making things, whether it be clothing, cards, candles is the most recent venture. Patrick Quilt is also one, one of my things. So yeah, no, I'm very much a making person. Um, yeah, other, other than that, and drinking Prosecco. <laughs> Important things. Uh, <laughs> so how are you getting on with the clothes and the patchwork quilt? Do you regularly make them or alter them? Or um, yeah, I I used to I did make my own clothes back in the day. I used to love making clothes, um, bags, you know, purses, things like that, the simple things. Um, and then I fell out once I got into work and I started doing you know twelve, fourteen, sixteen hour days. Um, the idea of having to concentrate on a sewing machine um, was not the best thing I wanted to be doing with my time on the weekend. Um, but I've recently started it back up. Um, yeah, the cards, I, I also make things uh, featuring the pets. So the pets normally have their own little, you know, greetings cards and things. So, um, yeah, no, the patchwork quilt is coming on well. It is, I found a way to recycle old clothing. So for clothing, I can't wear anymore or is damaged or soiled then I will you know it's got paint on it or something I'll just cut it up and I've been making it all into a patchwork quilt so in some way I get to keep a bit of fabric um that's about maybe 40 percent of the way there yeah that is impressive I like it especially how you're actually doing it the proper way and keeping old clothes for it yeah it's not it looked easy on youtube (laughs) <laughs> I made one once to, I remember I had to iron a lot yeah a lot of ironing a lot of seam pressing a lot of exacting because of course you have to get it all in the right order otherwise all the seams don't match up and then you've got a dodgy dodgy looking quilt it's, um, yeah it's, it's my next project 
Sounds great fun, though. Especially how you, I guess you do a little bit at a time. and yeah, When I have time on a weekend. So it's probably interesting now to think about investments. Because what I found is you can divide people into several camps on the FI community. There's people that invest in the stock market, predominantly index funds, or people that are into real estate, or people that invest in business, their own business. Which camp would you like to fall into, or do you do a bit of both? We're definitely a uh, stock market index tracker. Um, uh, I've, I've the kind of pleasure at work of um, doing some accounting and, and special finance work around fund managers, and literally none of them ever outperform the market over the long haul. And I kind of didn't believe you hear it always in the news, like fund managers don't do it, but like I actually did the analysis one day myself for work, and I was like, oh no, they don't. <laughs> Literally none of them do. Well, the FCA has come out and, and publicly said that now, yeah. that asset managers don't necessarily outperform the market. Um, so our, I think all my every single penny of my money saved is in uh, what, a, van- is it a Vanguard tracker fund? Yeah, they're I'm pretty much a massive Vanguard fan. Um, some iShares stuff, but I mean, I just like I like Vanguard because I just like the philosophy of the of the company. Particularly, there's a mutual, and you don't see many mutuals or co-ops around. And I, I guess I'm like a proper like old school Victorian kind of philanthropist. Like co-op, I just think they're a great idea, and they're beautiful. It's sad that we don't have so many of them in society nowadays. Those are remaining, well, we have our house, obviously, house net mortgage, and then the remainder, I mean, you're the expert, I'm going to ask you. So where do we put the remainder? So it's, yeah, so mine is um, in my kind of cash savings accounts that make a little bit of money. Um, I had a point. A post recently on my on my blog about how cash hasn't performed that badly historically. It's only over the past ten years since the great financial crisis that cash has done so poorly. Um, historically, you know, building societies paid out really good interest rates. Cash would have done quite well, obviously not as well as investing in equities, but it's still. It's a decent investment for people who are just starting. So you're quite pro keeping savings in, in cash, yeah? Well, I think for people who are just who are just starting and might be quite intimidated of immediately saving lots of money and locking it away in an index tracker, I don't think there's anything wrong in, in just starting and, and getting a cash savings account and putting money away. Yeah. Um over the long term and start to feel more comfortable with living with the long term and that means investing in equities and bonds. Yeah, that's some really good advice. And the other thing I was going to ask you about was Vanguard because I know Vanguard in the UK has a bit of a history. So like, are you investing in Vanguard products from other brokers or with Vanguard directly? Okay. Um, no, we, we have like uh, investments across a few different brokers, but not in Vanguard's brokerage account himself. Well, um, so you're not that much, you're not a complete <laughs> Vanguard fan that you've <laughs> moved everything to them. 
It's because they're slightly more, they're more expensive than the, than the other providers. So. Are they? Because I knew they had a really high maximum as well that put a lot of people off. Yeah, I think they, they changed their fee structure about, what was it, nine or ten months ago? That's when we moved out. God. This was mother. This is final question to go a bit more widely. What are your thoughts on society? I know you've mentioned mutuals there, which leads nicely in, and volunteering, giving back. Um, my mother, so I guess part of quitting my job is because I was working a lot for not very nice companies, not very nice people. And I was using you know, all the skills and knowledge I learned to basically make some people who are very rich, very, very slightly richer. And um, you know, part of the reason I quit my job is because I just felt that I could just be using my, my skills to help people in a, in a different way. And after Mrs. YG gave me the courage to start blogging and writing and, and stuff. Like, you know, I, I directed I, him to start <laughs> blogging. I, I like. I, I really wanted to kind of give back and, and share some of my knowledge and, and skills with, with people who really needed it rather than you know, billionaires and the massive multinational so can you tell us about your blog? How can people find it and what's the aim and the ethos and what will people find when they go on there? So the blog's called Young Fi Guy, Young Fi Guy. Um, and, you know, the blog is kind of, it's my ramblings of thoughts. I mean, it's, it's, it's mainly focused on uh, Fi and the, and the Fi kind of idea. I also write about investing and tax and pensions and stuff and things that perhaps you might not find on other fire blogs or might not be able to find easily elsewhere. It's kind of remarkable how difficult it is to find really easy uh, to understand information about like pensions and tax and stuff. It's all hidden away or written using jargon language and so you know, one of the things I thought I could do is like bring a bit of clarity to that and help explain some of the things that go on with that. But also you do in-depth pieces as well I think so you also do the kind of in-depth pieces as well for example about Carillion um, going through on a step-by-step basis you know what would have actually happened probably from an accounting perspective, rather than all the hyperbole and hysteria in the media and decoding kind of what the news is saying and what that actually meant. And I think there are a lot of people who find that really interesting because reading a newspaper in three different media outlets is not going to give you necessarily the the view on the story from the horse's mouth, so to speak. Yeah, yeah. I know, it definitely gave me more insight to those things because I, I suppose I did knew, know that the restructure always get paid first, but you gave many more details than that and sort of convinced me as to why you needed qualified accountants to do all this stuff. Yeah, um, and it's, I guess I kind of like, like 
the genesis behind all that was I just read stuff which was just a load of nonsense. It was coming out from people who really should, should know better. better and from quite respectable people. Um, um, and I was like, well, I think that does a disservice to everybody because they don't realise how things actually work. And it's not just, you know, is just something I've written about in the past few weeks, but same thing happens with pensions. I found myself, like, one month just writing about pensions because there was so much nonsense being put out there in the mainstream media that I just felt, and I know I don't have many readers, but just trying to, like, stem the tide of this, of this deliberate misinformation just felt like, something I should be doing. So I think it hurts people generally when when, when you see like these, um, these well, sound bites basically. People uh, be misinformed. Yeah. yeah, I certainly think when you read the mainstream media you can always tell there's sort of an agenda and you know if you read the different versions, the right wing versus the left wing, they can present the same facts in very different ways. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's a, that's a thing, like, it sells a lot of a lot of newspapers if you say, like, oh, these scumbag directors or, you know, you, when you have sensational headlines, it's it's a lot harder to sell newspapers if, like, the title is, well, it's complicated. Yeah, it depends on the circumstances. <laughs> and it's kind of the same with fire. It's not, like, necessarily really sexy subject right it's much more sexier to talk about the latest fashion trends and where what is the coolest new pub well the hipsters go now that's a sell on more coffee than this person saved really well for their retirement and now they can enjoy the rest of their life so what do you think i know there's been a few articles recently in the press that people that weren't informed and have ended up with was it interest only mortgages and things like that Oh, <laughs> your favorite kind of yeah. people. <laughs> I got I got properly wound up by that a few weeks ago. Um, I was on that, that simple living in Suffolk, no, in Somerset blog mm-hmm. in Somerset. I read the piece and I just almost blew up. I was on the train with uh, Mrs. Wife G, and I was just like properly mad. Um, it's a thing like in society where people would blame someone else or they expect someone else to help them. I think it's the same with, with a lot of finance. They're like, oh, it's up to other people to help me first and I blame everyone else. For those yeah. And the thing, wasn't this guy an accountant as well? Or something like that? He was a huge accountant and I mean, if someone calls themselves an accountant, that probably means they're not like chartered. Some of the chartered accountants, um, some means I have to pass all the qualifications. You call yourself an accountant or a lawyer, like nobody, like it's not regulated. Um, but yeah, he should have known better. Um, this is a really hard thing that he could set up this really high risk business with, my, with the money that he should have been using to pay off his mortgage, and then it went bust. And he was like, oh, no, I've got no money to pay off the house. So I'm found getting kicked out. And I'm like, what? No. Who do you expect to pay for your house? You know, it's up to you to pay for your mortgage, not anybody else. People need to the bank is not their friend. And the bank is not going to 
look after you. The bank literally wants the interest on your mortgage um, for you to, well, they want you to repay them because they, they, they don't have to go through the effort of repossessing your house. All they want is your money. They're not there to look, they're not your guardians. Yeah, they're just wanting, I suppose, they'll happily fulfill their side of the contract if you fulfill yours. So, if people want to get in touch with you, what's the best way? And the best way is probably to email me. Yep. Um, emails uh, yfg at youngfiver.com or they can just comment on one of my pieces. I, I read at, like, every email, every comment. I have Twitter as well. Young Fire Guy. I'm not so good with the Twitter. Okay, the Twitter. Right. <laughs> That's something my I, dad would say. <laughs> I had to get a Twitter account to, for my blog by a friend, and I was like, okay, how do I use it? And then after about 15 minutes, she regretted saying that to me. But <laughs> I set up, and I do talk, you know, I do kind of comment on there sometimes and stuff. There's just so much noise on there, though. I, I, I'm not, I can see why people talk about all this social media stuff. But I could tell I'm a bit of a Luddite, you know. Uh, I'm not down with the technology. Do you read your books in paper format as well? Yeah. He's I an do. old man in a young man. I don't have a Kindle. I write out my blog posts by hand. By hand. On the paper. Yes. Wow. Then, and then type, do you have a typist to type them up for you? No. no, <laughs> no me. This is why she won't do that for me. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I'm busy working. You <laughs> used to do a work as well. And even then, like, people, my bosses who are like in their 50s or whatever, be like, okay, you're just weird. Like, <laughs> why the hell are you writing it out by hand? My friends was a lawyer, and she was she was allowed to still get away with writing things and handing it to the legal secretaries to type up. And I'm just like, you're just so lucky. She's like, yeah, I'm just not doing this computer thing. At least I have someone to type it up for me at work. But um, yeah, Mr. Wefty doesn't have that. <laughs> He's not willing to pay for it. <laughs> Definitely to, not. To be fair, I'm I'm a really good typist. I can touch type. I can type pretty far. Pretty low error rate as well. <laughs> I but love that I just... you quoting your rate. <laughs> How do you know these? Do you do all these tests, <laughs> online tests? And... That's what they used to do with the, with the secretaries. There are two measurements how fast you could type and how many errors you I have. Will, I will employ you. <laughs> yeah, I've not really been recruiting touch typists lately to know what's the good rate <laughs> and what's the bad rate. If that <laughs> do that. goes downhill, then Mrs. Watkins will hire me as their type. I really up the gender roles. People be really confused. So I've got a set of five questions I'd love to ask everyone that comes on the podcast in a very similar way. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Cool. So what would you do if you got a one million pound windfall tomorrow? It was all yours, money to do with whatever however you liked. Uh, a million pounds. Yep. Uh, I would be so boring, but I really I just I'd top up the ice uh, top up pension and stick the rest of the savings account. <laughs> I'm the worst person in the world to ask that question to. That's what I love. I get so many different answers. <laughs> Quite a few people have had a similar approach to you. Yeah, I would, I would pay off the mortgage mm. and then I'd like work out how much I needed for 
and then give the rest to like friends, family, and charity. Yeah, because I necessarily need all of that, and it would be a waste because I'd have to worry about the tax on it and everything. So I'm just gonna gift the rest that I don't need. I like it. Any particular charities or areas you'd gift it to? Um, animals. It would have to involve animals. Mm-hmm. Um, probably animals that I can pet. Ooh, so like a small yeah. animal zoo and yeah. rescues. Anything, anything that I can, I can go and pet in return. Seems fair. The next question. So I'm guessing you guys both have financial spreadsheets. When was the last time you updated them? This is why she's laughing her head off today. today. Okay, we're talking on the second of the world. <laughs> but was it today you gave them an update? Today we gave them an update. Yeah. At the end of every month, we do the, uh, the net worth and the expenses. Been doing that for a long time. This is what she used to complain about it a lot as well, but now, <laughs> right? Can we do it today? I've got a horse in the race. Come on, like, I want to reach my number. I've got to see how I'm getting there. Um, yeah, so we, enjoy, you know, every month it's network. Um, so you do together. it together? We sit in the office and you do the figures and then I out do. pops the number. I do all the spreadsheet stuff. She does the commanding. You know, do this, do that. Asking questions. When can I retire? Right. <laughs> um, depends. <laughs> Great answer. So I find lots of people that are interested in FI are always learning things in all sorts of really random areas of life. Can you share with us things you've learned lately? It can be from anywhere. I think, well, the thing that's on my mind at the moment is it's about brilliant. I've been like reading so much about it mm-hmm. and um, and doing all the research. In a way, I'm kind of glad I'm finished. I'm like, I'm never doing anything like this again. <laughs> and I think the thing I learned from it is lesson really stuck out was how much patience out there and maybe not realize about how the world works. Why she's looking at me is like, oh no, he's like prophet info wars conspiracy. <laughs> Yeah, I'm surprised oh. you've not used the word fake news yet. I was just waiting for it, but he's, he's going on about Carillion again. Is what I'm saying. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> Anything more about Carillion or? No. Please. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. My darling wife. Um, I learned a bit about the Scottish Jacobite in the 1700s. I will admit that that is prompted by Outlander series which is a fictional series that i am very much interested in um reading my seventh book of nine so i um i've kind of got into the historical aspect as well so yeah i'm not going to say it was a selfless thing it was more to find out what happens in the end okay that sounds good though you're making progress to the books and learning a bit of history you have to put the history in it in a in a very good tv series i need to learn it yeah I don't know much about the Jacobites. My mum always shouts at me when I say things like that, but I blame the history system. I'm sure the curriculum missed all this stuff out. So the next question is similar to the previous one on hindsight. I always find it's really amazing when you look back at things and seeing what you're happy you've done, what you'd possibly do differently this time around with all the knowledge you know today that you didn't know years ago. Is there anything you think you'd like to have changed or done differently? For me, it is definitely spend less reduce your expenses. I've spent eye-watering, ridiculous amounts on 
clothing, clothing, possessions, material things, meals out, gifts. I mean, yeah, it, it's horrible amounts of money that I spent in the past. And I think if I had that money back, I'd probably be fine by now. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so it's something that I've really kind of not not regretted, but more aware of and the reason why I did that in the past so I think um, for me I guess it's uh, I kind of regret not fogging earlier um, for a long time I was worried that I just talking nonsense and nobody would actually find what I was interested in or and writing but all actually read what I write and they seem to find it somewhat interesting or they're just being really nice to me um, yeah and, but we wouldn't be talking well, on the be podcast to you. Um, oh, that's, uh, and, I, and I wouldn't have gone to like FI drinks in London and I wouldn't have started, started writing so you know, in a way I kind of wish I'd started sooner it's had a big impact on my life and so moving on from that place is the thing but when you're at your happiest are you able to describe to us and take us to your happy place? My happiest place is when I'm in bed, right? <laughs> asleep. Nice, <laughs> <Asleep. laughs> comfy, warm blanket. I don't eat quilts or cheat and just snuggle up. If you might be there or not, it depends. <laughs> You're not really fussed. <laughs> you can spend a lot of time in bed, dear, and I do kind of have something else to do Monday to Tuesday. Um... I can't just stay in bed. <laughs> when people say, you know, like, what is fire like? Well, one thing that I say is you can lie in as much as you want, which to someone who's a night owl like me, it's just like that is just worth its way in gold. Salt in the wound right there. But anyway, <laughs> my happiest place is um, probably on the sofa in the evening, preferably a Friday night. Uh, with the guinea pigs. Um, Do they come out and play? Oh, yeah, they come in and watch. They they have their own sofa in our house and they watch films with us. I mean, not obviously, they don't don't really comprehend the film. They don't know night from day. But um, they they just chill out with us. So having them in, bit for Seco, Mr. YFG and a good film is my idea of paradise. Sounds lovely. Especially like the guinea pig sofa. Oh yeah, the guinea pig. It's like the most famous sofa in the world because everyone has seen this sofa and they can recognise our house by the sofa. <laughs> has anyone unsuspectingly outed you as a guinea pig? <laughs> oh yeah, no, we've. Um, I think some people realise kind of the connection, but um, yeah, no, I'm I'm still trying to keep stuff on the on the lowdown. Um, because, I mean, being being a celebrity pig mum is not a bad thing. It's I could do a lot worse online. That's good, I like it. I think I've got to the end of all my questions. Is there anything I've not asked you about you'd like to share? No, I just, I, I wanted to know how you're finding doing this podcast thing so far. Like, is it, well, you know, what kind of goes into it? Is it a lot of work? Is it enjoyable? It's really, real, really, really fun, yeah. You talking to people is amazing. Coming up with a list of questions 
and just seeing how from similar prompts people take things in a different way it's amazing and the technical side of podcasting it's a bit of hard work a lot of learning but I think I've got it all working which is quite impressive and it's just a was a case of learning all the new tools how to edit voices and add special sound effects is quite good fun that's so cool so so we i'm gonna sound like robert de niro then when the uh, when the podcast comes out oh yeah brilliant (laughs) but yeah it's really good fun overall i'm very glad i took the project on brilliant yeah no i hope it goes uh, we're looking forward to kind of listening to well to us and all the other people as well because i've got cheese fi at the moment as my main podcast so it will be nice to have another one to add to the mix yeah it'll be good i don't think we're going to be anywhere near as slick as a choose fa oh well we're not american are we so um yeah but they're like 90 episodes in or something you know they've got you know they're like the pros now yeah we start it nice and clean and simple Exactly. That's why I said I'll be. I've quit a short season as a proof of concept, low budget, but very interesting, and see where it goes from there. Brilliant. But yeah, it's been absolutely fascinating talking to you both tonight. Thank you so much for taking the time. No worries. Thank you. Thank and you. yeah, um, look forward to hearing it. We'll keep an eye out. And um, yeah, thank you for having listened to us. <laughs> it was very, very interesting and my pleasure. Thank you very much, both. Thank Take you. care. That's all for today. Thanks for listening. Show notes are on the website www.ukfipod.space You can also send any questions through the website or email at hello at ukfipod.space Our intro and closing music is Julie Maxwell's See Ya or Freedom. Thanks for listening. See you next time.